could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. With any new medium, the full power is only unearthed with experimentation. That quote is from entrepreneur and computer scientist, Sebastian Thrun. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, where we're programmed by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, creator and producer of Express Yourself, and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Kenneth John. And I'm Siri Panindra. Before we get into today's show, Be The Star You Are's volunteers and I want you to urge, er, urge you to check out our website at btsya.org. Go to the Events tab to find exciting events, such as our upcoming Moraga Fair with a booth for family fun sponsored by Green Air, your energy solution company. It's time to go green. Visit https www.gogreenair.net. We are thrilled to have received a certificate of recognition from the California Legislature honoring Be The Star You Are volunteers for 20 years of dedicated service to the community through literacy and positive media messages, and we are determined to continue our empowering efforts. With that, let's get into it. Today's theme revolves around startups and experimentation, and for this first segment, we have a report from our very own Express Yourself host, my co-host here, Siri Paninja, who is in the process of launching her very own startup. Um, hey guys, I'm so thrilled to be talking about startups today. Um, if you're interested in pursuing a venture or a company, stay tuned. I will be talking about a few insights from an inspirational guru that I follow. And toward the end, I'll be talking about my startup named Draw My Love that I'm in the process of launching. So first off, Simon Sinek is an optimistic visionary who I 10 out of 10 recommend learning about if you're a budding entrepreneur. And one of his main ideas that I absolutely love is the golden circle. And it's a concept of starting with the why. So in um, 2009, Simon Sinek had his TED talk where he talked about starting with the why. And that main idea is that a lot of companies, they talk about the what. And they say, this is my product. And out of that group, few companies explain how they're going to do that. And the main key is when companies talk about the why, and that's the purpose or the cause or the motive that's driving them to start a company. And this why is actually a really important component, and this distinguishes successful startups from their competitors. So an example that Simon used was regarding Apple, and I'm going to talk about two different examples of marketing messages from Apple. So the first one is this, we make great computers. User-friendly, beautiful, easy to use. Do you want to buy one? 
Versus if you start off with the why, it's going to be everything we do. We believe in challenging the status quo by making beautiful designs, user-friendly, and easy-to-use products. And we make great computers. Do you want to buy one? So you can tell that the second marketing message is so much more powerful because they're addressing the why behind Apple. It's not just we're making computers, but it's why are we making computers? And a few other examples include Disney CEO Bob Iger, who explained that their vision is that we're in the business of telling stories. And that's more powerful than saying we create movies. Another example is Southwest Airlines, where their vision is to be champion for the common man and make air travel accessible to every single person. And lastly, we have Coca-Cola, and their message to people is to give, a world, give the world a moment of happiness compared to, why don't you buy a tasty drink? So as you can tell, people don't buy what you do, but they buy why you do it. And that is, like I feel, the core of a company. And if more founders of ventures start with the why, they will definitely win the hearts of the people. The next key tip that I recommend is to find a real solution to a real problem. And I've talked to many entrepreneurs at um, entrepreneurial meetings, and they said that if you are trying to address a problem that you yourself face in your life, it's going to be more it's going to be more of a driving force when it comes to your company. And it's important to have a clear vision and to have a lot of clarity of what impact your product or service will have on an individual. So for example, we have Google and their vision is to organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful. And I feel that a vision will steer you in the right direction. And now I wanted to transition to my company, Draw My Love. And I just want to talk about the vision real quick. Most people, they have feelings that they're unable to express fully due to a variety of reasons. With today's way of busy life, we may not have much time to spare. We are not articulate enough. Sometimes we are shy or we just don't have the right tools to showcase our feelings. And that's where Drama Love comes in. At Drama Love, our philosophy of expressing love is more than saying I love you. It is showing I love you and giving all of the reasons why you love someone. And it's more powerful than you know just giving chocolates and flowers, which you can easily buy off the shelf. And at Draw My Love, we provide a digital build-a-book platform where you can design a personalized book to a special someone for a special occasion, or just because. You have the ability to customize every inch of the book using our software, and you can reminisce your memories with our fun animated avatars that you can customize, and you can use our hundreds of romance-meshed, humor-glazed, ready-made templates that you can just drag and drop onto your virtual book. You then pour love by customizing to your heart's content. And once you're done making your finishing touches, we will then print and bind a professionally printed book right to your recipient's doorstep. And it's as simple as that. And I feel it goes a really long way. And you can spend five minutes for a quick personalized book, or you can spend 50 hours to fine tune the book. And Drama Love will be launching in a few months. Wow, that's really cool. Um, when did that idea come to you? How'd you come up with that? 
It came to me um, a few years ago, and it's actually, it's a sad story. Um, my grandpa, um, by the time I went to see him in India, he, he had a coma, and he basically passed away. And I was very attached to him, and I loved him very dearly. And one day, I was just, I was crying, and my grandma, she gave me his cards, and she said, these are all of the cards you have made over the past few years. And it had pictures of my grandpa and I, and I felt I wanted to do this on a larger scale and help people get the words to express love, because sometimes it can be hard, and I feel time, it just, it goes so fast, and you need to express love and gratitude to the people who you um, admire in life, and that's basically where it started. Started all because of my grandpa. Wow, yeah, um, that sucks. But at least something really cool came out of like such a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. So, how do you come up with? Um, or I guess a better question would be, how do you plan on expanding this? Basically, where do you want to go? Like, do you have like a certain goal or threshold in mind with where you want to take uh, this idea? Yes. So I want to make it accessible as of now just to the United States and maybe China and India, but then we'll be expanding to more countries in the future. Uh, Right now I'm uh, working with my software developers and my designers from Europe, and they're currently working on the website. And if you go to dramalove.com, you'll see it's in like the beginning stages of development. Um, I just hope to reach more people in the world and, you know, tell people the vision and message that you need to say why you love someone and um, it's just really important to say I love you and I don't know how to stress it so much but you know you have to talk about it with family members and say I love you so much so I hope to you know connect with more people wow so yeah this is like an international venture how do you come into contact with so many people across the world Um, So there was this website online and I just started posting on these forums and um, I was able to get in contact with a few software developers and um, there's a huge community online. So if you're in the process of launching a startup, you have a full community on the internet and the internet is a great way of like communicating with different people who also have the same vision as you. Wow. Um, I never knew that. I guess... That's actually really cool that you, like the internet just brings that much accessibility. Um, did you have any like precautions that you first had or fears going into this when you first wanted to take this step? Yes, definitely. When I started off, um, I had the fear of failure and that it would not go well. But you know, we should always be able to accept change. And I'm not scared of failure because there has been many ups and downs in the startup process. And failure, it always comes. It's just how you approach it and how you change your route. Um, So if you're planning to start a startup, um, don't be afraid of failure. You have to be persistent and motivated and do not give up. Um, It's just so important that you keep on staying focused and keep on working towards your goal. Yeah, definitely. And our producer, Cynthia, has a motto, a failure is fertilizer, which I think really uh, fits in this situation. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, 
I'm really thankful for uh, thankful to you for being able to share your experience with us. Um, yeah, and audience, uh, thanks for joining us on air for this wonderful segment about Siri's Venture. Um, Siri, do you want to plug your website again? Sorry. Um, oh, yes, yes. It is www.drawmylove.com. It's basically www.drawmylove.com. It would be great if you guys can check it out. Nice. And as a reminder, Be the Star You Are for Teens, as well as the newest establishment in the series, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers, Celebrating Gifts of Positive Voices in a Changing Digital World, is available now and can be found at www.starstylestore.net. If you're looking for a new book to read, consider picking up a copy. And your purchase benefits the Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity and this Express Yourself program as a donation. So please make sure you get your copy today. Check out youtube.com slash be the star you are for our fun and informative be the star you are videos on living, laughing, and learning. Visit us at www.bethestarur.org and check out past editions of our show at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Keep on listening as we continue our conversation on startups. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. In this next segment, we're lucky enough to be joined by veteran entrepreneur Trevor Blake, author of Secrets to a Successful Startup, a recession-proof guide to starting, surviving, and thriving in your own venture. Trevor Blake has built three successful startups and sold them for more than $300 million. 
Now he's written a complete instruction manual that covers everything the budding entrepreneur or existing business owner needs to know to build the career or business of their dreams. Unlike the many theoretical guides out there, there, this is a practical handbook based on Blake's wildly successful in the trenches experience. It incorporates leading edge strategies that cover every aspect of running a business, including funding, developing systems, and marketing. Blake presents in-depth insight into managing effectively, maintaining cash flow, and adapting to the changing needs of customers in volatile economic times, and he has built five startups, which is amazing. So, Trevor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Siri. Thanks for having me on the show. It's looking forward to it. All right. So, I am very curious. um, What is your backstory? Like, what inspired you to become a budding entrepreneur and um, you know, create five startups. Well, for me, you know, I, I know an, an, a number of other, you know, quote unquote success. We all just success in different ways, but other people who have built substantial um, businesses. And like me, nobody set out to be an entrepreneur. Well, it wasn't, uh, we didn't wake up one morning and say, do you know what? I'd like to be an entrepreneur today. It's basically, you know, we find things that we want to fix or things that don't exist that we wish existed. And then we set about, you know, um, uh, fixing that that particular situation or creating something that wasn't there in the first place and you become an entrepreneur by default and in my cases in, in all my companies I was totally unqualified for for the, to be the person to fix the problem but I, no one else was going to do it so I, I had to do it or find a way to do it and I think that's where the entrepreneurial spirit comes from we find a way to make something happen and that's that's true of me and it's of every other successful entrepreneur that I know or have worked with or around or coached or trained that's the same situation is that I think if you set out to be an entrepreneur, I think you, the, mo- the the sort of level of motivation and inspiration that you need probably isn't at the level it needs to be. Whereas if you find something that really gets under your skin and makes you mad, you'll always have the right motivation to 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 make a business out of something that needs fixing. Exactly, exactly. And in my last segment, um, I address that we have to find a real solution to a real problem and that's basically my idea of draw my love my startup and it's basically um, we provide a platform for people to design a hundred page book um, that they can present to their loved one for a special occasion and it rooted from my grandpa's death and I felt I was unable to express my love to him because I hadn't seen him in around eight years and Exactly. I agree with you that, you know, startups, they should root from your own personal problems and the problems that people face around the world. Yeah, they need to be. So, you know, you know people talk about having a sense of purpose in a company, and it's, it's it's one of those lazy phrases that everybody uses, but nobody really stops to think about what it means. I've always felt that it's necessary to make an impact, to make a difference in people's lives. And your startup clearly is aiming to do that. Writing is so cathartic. A lot of people can get tremendous healing out of doing something like that. Um, so I, so kudos for you for even coming up with the idea and for, for setting it up. But you need to have an impact. And so in all my companies, I, I don't do the corporate jargon of mission, visions, and values and all that nonsense. But basically, I, with all my companies, the mantra for everybody who's been involved has been to make a positive difference in people's lives. However you do that isn't important. Just make sure you do. And then you have fun doing it because there's no point mm-hmm. doing it otherwise. And if you go with that attitude, the rewards follow. The material and spiritual and other rewards, they just flow along with that attitude. So I think you're in for a, for a fun ride. <laughs> um, I want to ask, uh, how when you, when you get those questions that come to you about like solving uh, problems in your everyday life, 
how do you ad- identify those ideas that really stand out, the ones that you want to actually turn into a business? Um, like, do you talk with other people? Like, what if the problem is only something that you care about? Or how do you kind of confirm that it's like a winning business idea? I can't sit still. <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I pace up and down and, and um, my wife Lynn she gets mad with me and says oh for goodness sake just do something about it please you're driving me insane <laughs> and so and so you know fortunately I learned 38 years ago to say yes dear whenever Lynn says something like that so I said okay yes dear off I go and do it and my books are like that so you know Secrets to a Successful Startup was written because you know I, I went to a bookshop looking for to try and get some material to do a presentation to a CEO group. And I realized there was nothing for startups. There's, there's, there's hundreds of books by management consultants who've never actually built a company, but have observed other people doing it and think they've worked, figured out what works and what doesn't work. And, and you know, the shelves were full of those type of books, management habits. And that, if you have a career, that's great because it'll make you a better manager or a better employee. So that's, that's fine. But if you start your own company, there's really nothing there to take you step by step from coming up with a winning idea reacting forward to make that idea a real company and then and then where do you go with that how do, how do you then make that into a real living company and that, so it, it was the same thing it was i wanted to, you know it, it's and i wanted i wanted to make an impact for people who are thinking about starting up or have started up but have hit a few road bumps along the way and can't figure out why um starting up the right way makes such a difference mm, exactly what would you say is um the best mindset going into a new business like what should your focus mainly be on you know uh, this could be a long answer so (laughs) that is that is a great question and and the reason i say it's a great question is because um most people at the start focus on the start whereas at the start i focus on the end Mm -hmm. and so uh, before i even begin to say okay now i've got this great idea where am i going to go with it rather than think about how am i going to structure it who am i going to hire you know where am i going to run it am i going to run out of home or has been obvious I imagine that business is already being the most successful I can possibly imagine it being. And then I try to emotionally feel what that is like, the impact it's making on the customer or, or, the, or the, the industry or whatever the, the outcome is, is meant to be. And I, I, I live with that for quite a period of time, maybe sometimes even two or three weeks. And a, and a weird thing happens when you do that is that it's almost like being a Walter Mitty. It's almost like lying to yourself, but you, eventually you start to believe the lie. And, and all of a sudden, this, this business feels real. And so that's my first step is, is, is I, I mentally imagine it as already successful. And, and what, well, you know, the success could be that I already imagine it being purchased by somebody else, or I already imagine it being, giving award, being given awards for some, something, some milestone that's achieved, or making a big difference in people's lives. Like my current company is um, a cancer drug development company, and we're targeting the most difficult diseases for which there's really no treatment, and for which patients have no choices. And when I started, of course, everybody, if I'd asked people and talked to other people, everybody would have said, don't be crazy, it's a stupid idea, it's impossible, it could never be done to create a treatment for these advanced cancers, that, but the treatment itself doesn't have any side effects. And so I imagined the outcome of having a treatment that has no side effects that is having an impact in those patients' lives. And fortunately today, you know, I mean, I can tell you we're living that dream a little bit because we're in clinical trials and that's exactly the data that we're starting to see. No side effects, but real impact on these these terrible uh, diseases. That's where I start imagining the fantastic outcome. And then when you do that, you start to draw to yourself some, some in some kind of magical way uh, I'm into quantum physics, so but I won't bore you with that. But but it's to say, you know, we can talk about it as magic or, or, or quantum physics. But you draw to yourself all the people and all the events 
that need to happen to make that outcome a, a, a realistic thing. And as an entrepreneur, the best thing you can do is kind of step out of the way and not interfere and just let it build itself. And that's really what I've done. I, 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 don't, I can't say to anyone that I've got any kind of genius or I've worked really hard. I haven't. I've just, I've just got a great imagination. Oh, yes, Trevor. And I completely agree with you. Um, I'm not sure if you have watched the movie The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Yeah, I'm um, with you. Yeah. Yes, yes. But it's basically explains um, your perspective. And I feel you have to visualize your dream and act as if you have already gotten it. And this applies to anything. And um, I'm a senior right now. And um, I'm applying, or I have applied to a few colleges, and I have a few dream ones. And I always tell myself in the morning, I got accepted, I'm going there. And I, you know, the secret movie has worked for me. And even in startups, I definitely agree. You have to believe that, you know, you have to believe the end goal and you have to feel it's realistic, even, you know, at the beginning and completely agree. Yeah, even though even though sometimes you might feel like a bit of a fraud to, to yourself because it mm. because you haven't got it yet. I had the same experience when I was at high school. I wasn't a particularly good student. I think I was, but there was all sorts of things happening around me. I was getting bullied a lot, and and um, and so I was probably a better student than my results showed. And I came across a book long before the secret was written, and, and but it was a similar premise. It might have been mm. the secret might have been based on it. I don't know. Um, and it said the same thing, and it said about you know imagining successful outcomes. And so I imagined myself getting all A's. In, in, my, in, in England, we had a, a level called O-level, ordinary level, it's called. And it's the first step, if you like. You, you take them at about 16 years old. And, um, you know, the average person gets about four. You get an A and a B and a couple of Cs or something. I got 11 As. But, but before I started doing the sort of imagination process, I probably would have ended up with four or five Cs. And I, just having that experience at, at sort of 15, 16 years old, I knew then I was onto something. And so I've, I, you couldn't get a better result than that. And so I knew that if I just keep doing this privately and quietly, no one else needs to know that I'm doing, because it's my imagination, no one needs to know what's going on inside my head. And so I've taken it into every aspect of my life. And, and I have to say, it just keeps working and working. Mm. Um, yeah, you've talked about how um, you've never been like this super like genius, like, qualified in every way kind of person who goes into like these businesses you just have a uh, question or idea um, but on the flip side of that are there any are there any skills or challenges that you've come across that you didn't initially expect uh, while leading a business yeah um, so working in in the corporate world so I, I worked in a regular career before I started my first company it is very di- it's, it's so totally different to starting your own company and I wasn't really prepared for that I was prepared for success that's for sure but I wasn't prepared for for uh, you know the the difference in the culture and the environment of running your own company and of course when I was when I grew up you know my parents would tell me and everyone else tell me you know to get to the top you've got to work 24 7 and all the rest of it in your own business the opposite is true I mean, I never work more than five hours a day, and I do it on purpose because you, you get burned out otherwise. And I started to reflect on my corporate career, and I realized that I'd spent probably 80% of my time in a regular career just sitting in meeting rooms talking about things that had nothing to do with making an impact or making people happy or creating something you know that changes people's lives. It was all about keeping employees retained and happy and, and uh, you know, how long people can have for the lunch break and nonsense like this, you know, and I'd sit, mm-hmm. I'd sit in the room and I, w- I was as good at the BS as everybody else was. And I convinced myself that I must be good as a career person because I, I, I could talk as well as anybody could and, and people listened to me. And it's only when I started my own company and I, I realized how little work I'd actually done in the previous 20 odd years <laughs> in the corporate world. And so, 
a strange thing happens. So, so the problem is when you start your own company. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are or what your situation is or how you set it up. You, you know, you 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 think, oh, I've got my own company. I must work ten, twelve hours a day. Otherwise, it'll fail. And so I found myself sitting in front of my computer waiting for an email to arrive or waiting for the phone to ring. And then when it, when it rang, I dived at it like an Exocet missile, you know, so, so desperate to do work. And I suddenly realized that I was more productive in a couple of hours at home than I probably was in three or four days at work. And that transition, that change, that mental change is a, is a pretty tough thing to go through. I, I've got a, a chapter on it in Seekers to a, a Successful Startup because it, because you have to have the discipline to say, you know what, enough is enough as far as work is concerned. So you do a couple of hours of dedicated work and then you take yourself for a walk or you, you know, play with the kids or go out with the dogs or whatever, whatever, whatever your down time may be for the next hour. And then you come back and you try to keep yourself fresh that way. That was a real challenge when I first started because I did it all the wrong way. And I did get burned out very quickly. In about six months, I was I was exhausted, <laughs> and so I figured out I figured out a different way to do it. And and now I, I'm you know I'm trying to tell everybody to to do that structure the day between dedicated work periods and 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 dedicated downtime. You know, much like you do at school, really, in in, in a way. I mean, you you you, it, you know you have your your work periods, and then you have your off periods where where you may do sports or something else. You you don't just sit at the computer all day long trying to crack a nut with a sledgehammer. Um, so that transition is difficult, and you have to just you have to, you have to uh, work at it to change your mentality. Yeah, um, definitely. It sounds like there are completely different lifestyles, and if you do work on your own startup, you'll have the kind of freedom to work and share your vision with others. And I prefer that lifestyle personally um, compared to you know going to work nine to five and you know um, working on something repeatedly. Um, so Trevor, I have a question and I was wondering, how do you look at failure? Because when working on my startup, my software developers, they, they kind of misunderstood my vision and it has basically been a roller coaster ride and we're just now making progress. And what is your perspective on failure? Well, it's going to sound corny and a bit new agey, but I don't think there's any such thing as failure. Mm-hmm. There's just learning experiences. And 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 so and sometimes we do something, it goes well, we pat ourselves on the back, we've figured it out. And sometimes we do something and it doesn't go well. And the mistake most people make is they start to beat themselves up because of that. But that's just a learning experience. It's just you, you try something. We do the, I do this in um, sales and marketing, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll try a campaign and, and when it works, it, it works beautifully and I, I, f- I feel like a genius. And then if I, I try it and it just dies on the vine it just doesn't go anywhere i don't beat myself up because of it I, I decide okay well i didn't figure it out very well so i'll go back to the drawing board and try again and and that's really all it's all it's about shouldn't no one should ever think of themselves of a failure in any situation for anything that happens because we're all just three-dimensional five century beings trying to figure out how to be the best version of ourselves mm-hmm. and and sometimes we figure it out get it right and sometimes we don't and it's not failure it's just that you know we didn't get it right <laughs> so we just do it again. You go at it again, until, and one one day you'll figure it out, and, and then you think, okay, and it, but you won't forget all of that learning experience. So the next time you you come up with a new idea, you take that experience with you, so you won't make the same. The, it's only a fool who makes the same mistake twice. No, mm-hmm. you should, you know, no one should make the same mistake twice. Everybody should, is allowed is allowed to do something and see something not work, and then learn from it and take that experience to the next venture mm-hmm. level. Yeah, the whole definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but that's yeah. what people do. I see it everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but with that mindset of like failure doesn't actually exist, 
uh, if you have a business and it's just not going well, um, when do you identify it? Like, this just isn't going to work out. You have to take another avenue. Or do you ever, are you supposed yeah. to do that or just keep persevering? Well, you know, with all the, all the talk, we'll talk about you know, being impactful and all the rest of it. But if businesses don't make a profit, they don't last, they don't stay around very long. Even nonprofits have to make a profit. They just don't share it amongst themselves or share it out with shareholders. Um, it's pretty easy to see when things aren't going well because profit isn't going up. And if that's the case, then you have to revise everything that you've done. And I've, in, in my experience, I've always found that the problem is never, ever down to a person. It's always down to some kind of system that we've mm. we've messed up along the way. And and typically you'll go, and whether it's sales and marketing or, or it's research and development, it's always always like that. I, so I, I, will, I will rewind everything that I thought that we all did. And in doing that, typically you see a step that you missed or something that was in there that shouldn't be in there. And you, you just start to mold it and fix it. And, and then eventually profit goes up. But um, you, you know when a business isn't going well, when profit isn't going up, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. And um, Trevor, I wanted to ask you, um, do you have um, any recommendations for marketing? Um, I talked to the UC Davis Graduate School of Management Dean and I sat next to him and he talked about how I could market and he said that I should start small and first um, talk about my product to my school and then expand from there. Um, what do you think is like a good marketing strategy, especially when there are a lot of products in the market? Well, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to the to the dean he spoke for, spoke to, but that's old school marketing. So the old way of re- building a business was you start small and local, and and you get some referrals, and hopefully they they refer other people, and you you build slowly, and then you if you're good enough, you go regionally, and then if you're really good and you're lucky, you can go nationally. And very few people, except conglomerates in the old days, would go internationally. We live in a completely different industrial revolution, an industrial age, where it's now possible to sit by a computer and engage the whole world in a few mouse clicks. It's mm-hmm. a completely different business model now. And I'd love to talk to the dean of your school because that's what my, my writing is about, is I don't think people are aware that we live in this amazing age where it's possible with very little resources to get big fast. And by getting big fast, you can achieve financial independence rapidly if that's if that's a goal of yours, or you can impact the world in, in, a, in the shortest period of time, whereas it used to take... You know, the average company, until 20 years ago, the average company had a lifespan of 60 years. It's already down to 20 years. And that's because of technology and because of, of, of all the things that we see on the high street. If, if you, it's adapt or die these days. So you have to be able to adapt quickly. So I, I, don't, I don't believe that, that. I think if you go small like that, if you start to share your idea with a few school friends, that first of all, some are going to like it, some aren't going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to have very strong mentality. When everyone says they love it, that's fine. We're all happy. But when, when one person says, oh, that's a dumb idea, that has such a, a, a debilitating effect on your mentality. You put mm-hmm. yourself at high risk by doing that, I think. I think you have to really believe it. You have to be like Sarah Blakely. I don't know if you've heard of Sarah Blakely. She invented um, a thing called Spanx. And I'm going to sound weird now, like I know more about pantyhose than I'm supposed to know. <laughs> but but she, she developed uh, this thing called Spanx because when she was wearing pantyhose, apparently it had a little ridge on the toe, on the, around the foot area, the toe area. And when you, when you wear fancy shoes, if you go into a cocktail party or something, it, apparently it was agony and people, people would cut out the toes. And she thought this was ridiculous. So she had the idea of, of making these things in a different way, but she sensibly didn't tell anybody. Now, if she told her husband and her kids or her friends that had talked her out of it and told her what a dumb idea it was, because surely somebody would have come up with it already it, you know someone cleverer than her would have come 
up with it already. But so so she worked on her own in her in a spare bedroom in the house until she perfected her business plan and perfected her product and then got a proof of concept and then got investments. And only then did she turn around and tell everybody what she was doing. And I think that's a much better approach than than going and sharing your great idea with 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 a few people. Now, having said that, of course, when you have a great idea, you want to know, is there a customer out there that really likes our idea? So it's okay to share it with with realistic customers, but they have to be people that, the, these are people that you think would use your idea or your product. So so that's fine then to share that, but it has to be put together. You've got, you've got to have tested this inside and out and be very confident, have the self-confidence to think, I know if I go to these customers, they're going to like what I'm offering and then get their feedback. But you, but you, I certainly don't believe you should start by testing the idea out on a few people here and there. I think that's the old way of doing things. Yes, I agree. And um, wherever I go, I always love talking to people about the company, and I feel it's just not it's just not reaching enough people. And um, today I um, went on a field trip for the engineering academy, and we went to Roche. And I talked about my company and I feel, you know, talking to people is like a good way of marketing, but it shouldn't be your only method. And do you have any recommendations for social media marketing and how you could reach people through that platform? So I've so I've experimented with social media marketing in one in one of my previous companies and it was just an expensive error. It was it just didn't work. And what I found was um, it's so difficult. There's so much noise in social media that's so difficult mm-hmm. to be heard above that noise, and and you fight. So in order to be heard above the noise, you're really going to have to fight against the giants who spend multiple millions in order to attract attention in social media. And for the startup, you just can't compete. So mm-hmm. so I, I found that all money in the startup phase, all money spent on social media has been a complete waste of time. So I don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, I think there's a smarter way of going about it. The the the, the thing is that you know the more things change, the more they stay the same. So, so if if you have a product that makes a difference in people's lives, and if you have the right attitude behind it, and it's a purposeful attitude behind it, then your chances of failure are very, very small, very slim. You have to really screw up to not succeed, um, and you don't need social media marketing because when you start to do that, you're starting to push. So, so I'm so I'm a physicist, okay, by trade. So, so I'm I'm into the laws of energy, and the laws of energy are very straightforward. And and one of the things you don't do with energy is try and push it. You try to more like the it's more like the law of attraction in the book, The Secret that you mentioned, in that you you attract things to you rather than pushing. And and the problem with social media marketing is it's very pushing. And I don't think we live in a world of push anymore. I think we live in a world where, you know, you can get one customer. And you don't know whether that customer, you don't, you don't even know the name or the face of that customer. But then suddenly that one customer has 400,000 followers on one of the social media networks and advertises your product for free for you. And that happens when you don't try to do it yourself, when you don't try to push through social media. Um, you, so for me also, social media cries out for authenticity. And when somebody starts to push their message it's it's smacks of lack of authenticity. Like the like the put that they don't really care about me. They care about the product and me buying their product. And I think it's a different world now, where the customer has so much power over the success of the product or the service that never used to happen. It used to be the company pushing and you know convincing people to try something. Now it's the other way around. It's the, the customer trying something and deciding if they like it or not. And only if they're delighted, not even if they're happy. They have to be delighted. If they're delighted, they will tell everybody that they can connect with. I'd rather do it that way. 
than to say hire a, a management expert company in in um, Instagram or 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 um, Twitter or anything. So right now I don't have any social media except Facebook, and I only have Facebook for my books because the publisher requires that I do in the contract. Otherwise, I'd have no social media whatsoever. Oh, okay. That's that's an interesting approach. Um, many people they say it's all about social media. You can reach everyone, but. I kind of agree. There are so many giants, and it's kind of hard to, you know, express your message. And I was thinking of giving a book um, to maybe the city of Dublin mayor, or maybe to some YouTube influencers, and um, maybe I don't know, but maybe that would possibly reach more people because if they would review the book on a larger platform, perhaps that would bring in more people. I think it's all about experimentation and. Just well, I think you want to, you also want to you know so affiliate marketing is a, is you know is a, is a common way of marketing these days. You know, you, I'll market your product, you market my product. If you can find good matches, that's a very good way of growing your business quickly because there's the synergy. There's no there's no use just find you know if, with your book. There's no use going and finding somebody who's selling soap powder and doing affiliate marketing. That's not going to work. But if you can find other organisations that have this have an aligned goal or an aligned intention I, I always i have one you can obviously tell i have one in my mind already which i'll i'll tell you about after we've done this after we've done this show um if, if you align your impactful product service with somebody who also has that then there's mutual benefit in you both presenting to your networks and to your lines and to 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 all of your people this great idea so so if you get this mutual benefit that's a very good way of growing quickly mm-hmm. um I, I can think of one right now that would be perfect, a perfect um, uh, dovetail for what your for for your own company. Oh, that's that's perfect. Um, yeah. So, if you don't really um, push onto like marketing too heavily, or at least initially, um, how else do you kind of establish that presence in, like like you said, like such a huge world where everybody's there's so much noise everywhere? How exactly do you become? more than just like a random lady selling weird pantyhose or just a <laughs> random guy with an idea. How do you kind of, yeah, like... Well, the idea, the, first of all, the idea has to be a winning idea. So so I work with the Chinese a lot these days and um, on different projects. And um, they they typify, they, they categorize investments in three ways. They say, is it is it a me too or a, or a me also, uh, a me better or a me first? And that's how they categorize investments. And if you're not a me first, you'll never get investment, not in China anyway. Um, and so I think the same thing is true here. So you, so your idea has to be a winning idea. And that's not as straightforward as, as it sounds. So Because you might come up with an idea that's based on something you're good at or something that you like. And there may be a hundred other people doing something similar. So you, your idea has to be no one's thought of it before and there's a methodology you can go through to make sure that that's the case and it's in the in the first part of secrets to a successful startup how how do you come up with a winning idea and how can you be sure that it is a winning idea and and then what you do with it after that is in the is in the rest of the book but i think that, that that's the critical start today because we have access to so much information so quickly and and in such volume that if you if if you don't stand out from the crowd uh, immediately then you're really not going to get the momentum that you need. But if you do stand out from the crowd, then the, all of the things that we're talking about, all that social media and all of all of the the, uh, the business models that are out there, like the hub models, they pull that through for you. So you can grow very fast, but you have to have an original and winning idea. Mm, exactly. And when first starting off my business model for my startup, um, 
I was comparing all of the different products that other websites they provided. And I noticed that many of them, they just allowed the user to personalize the name. So you could give, you know, your granddaughter's name and they'll just take that name and stick it in some templates and that's your personalized book. But I want you to make, you know, a different product and I'm allowing people to customize every inch of the book. They can design their characters. They can make it look like them. They can add pictures from, you know, the camera roll. They can add any message they want. And I feel maybe that's what's making my product stand out compared to other websites. Um, And I wanted to ask, so I looked at a survey and it said that 80% of startup failures exist. And what do you think is one common mistake that more than 80% make? Yeah, so the Small Business um, Administration, they provide lots of lots of free information and statistics. They have their own website, and it's, it's free for everyone. They're trying to help small businesses. Um, they say that 82% of all businesses fail for the same reason, and that's cash flow. Mm-hmm. And the challenge with, with cash flow is most people don't understand cash flow management. People understand cash, and they understand budgets, but they don't understand cash flow. And cash flow is getting really tricky today because of the Internet age. And to give you an example, let's, let's say I started an online clothes retailer, um, you know, as a, as a customer, so so I have my my company. Okay, I have to try and anticipate how much inventory to make, and therefore I have to work out how much money I've got to start with, and then how long it's going to take me to sell the inventory and get that money back, or get the and, and the profit back. And the challenge today is, you know, you you could find my company online, and you could order, let's say, twenty pairs of shoes, and try all twenty pairs on, decide you don't like any of them, and send them back. And, and I've had to handle all that inventory, and, and that's part of the cash flow management. So that's the biggest, biggest challenge that we face today. But there are some very simple solutions to it. I've, they're in the book, uh, Seekers to a Successful Startup. And um, I think once people, re- once people get in their minds the difference between cash and budgets, profit and revenue, and cash flow management, then everything changes for the better. And it's not just, you know, this doesn't just apply to startups. It applies to big companies too. Even, you know, on the high street, there's no, Circuit City doesn't exist anymore. Blockbusters doesn't exist. Borders Bookstore doesn't exist. And when you look at why those companies went out of business, it was all for cash flow mismanagement. So it doesn't matter what size it is, the people make the same mistakes. And and you could say, well, the big companies, they should have known better. But I don't think people, even in the big companies, have understood cash flow management, particularly as times change so fast. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's caught them out, and they end up when a, when a recession hits, as it often does. Um, you know, there's been 47 recessions in the U.S. since 1850. They're not unusual. They're not to be scared. Nothing to be scared about. They just happen. But but if you have bad cash flow mis- uh, management, and a recession hits, then you won't survive. Mm-hmm. And so there's little there's little things you can do in the startup phase that av- help you avoid falling into that statistic. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll have to do more research on that. It's it's an interesting concept. Well, Trevor, I want to thank you so, so much for sharing your experience with startups. And um, I feel everything happens for a reason. And I'm so happy to have like, gotten this advice from you. Um, okay. Audience, learn more about Trevor and his book, Secrets to a Successful Startup, at www.trevorgblake.com. That is T-R-E-V-O-R-G-B-L-A-K-E.com. Um, support our show and learn about upcoming Be The Star You Are events at bethestarur.org. I'm Siri Paninja. And I'm Kenneth Chan. Show your love for more segments like this one by donating to the Be The Star You Are 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at www.bethestarur.org. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out more about Be The Star You Are. Keep listening for more on startups and experimentation. 
Voice America is available on your Google connected device. Okay, Google, play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. During this segment, Kenneth and I will be having a general discussion on startups. Any topics you want to focus on, Kenneth? Um, yeah, so I was actually really interested um, in a lot of the things that Trevor actually touched on on segment two. Um, one of those being like the workplace that he talked about, how he doesn't actually you know, have that super, super traditionally structured nine-to-five kind of work mindset where he works from home, um, he only works five hours a day, which is like really little compared to a lot of what people think, like, you know, first time entrepreneurs really do. And yeah, I think that's something that's really cool with how um, the internet and how like the system we live in right now really allows. Um, here, I live in Cupertino, the Silicon Valley. There are a lot of people like working around startups, like these really small companies with like 10, 20, 30 people. I mean, I mean, 30 is even kind of big, like 10, 20 people are the entire company. Um, yeah, and like having all those like more unstructured, kind of more fluid uh, workplaces, I think really adds to a lot of what Trevor was saying, where it allows for you to become more productive and wait, uh, cut away all the wasted time that like a lot of people do, or a lot of people like, um, I guess, fill up uh, in a more traditionally structured uh, office. And I think that's something that like I can definitely relate to as well. Um, if I'm doing homework or schoolwork or whatever, you know, there's like a lot of time where uh, you're just spent like distracted, not necessarily focusing on what you really need to do at the moment. And, you know, if you kind of take breaks and actually tell yourself that you're going to do something else and then come back to it and do something else and come back to it, it's a lot easier to balance out those uh you know, balance out those recreational parts of your life, um, be able to connect with friends and family more while still putting a lot of effort and focus into your work. Um, He also talked about the social media thing, which I think surprised both of us, right? Um, You know, I always thought that social media would be a very big, uh, like, motivator or, like, I don't know, a very big avenue for a lot of uh, small-time entrepreneurs, not even entrepreneurs, maybe, like, artists or, um, I don't know, really anyone to gain a bigger audience, but yeah, he. I think he made a really good point in how 
there's a lot of noise and just kind of trying to sift your way through it is a very, very, very hard task. Um, Because like no matter what you do, there's still social media giants. There's still a lot of bigger people. And it's really hard to make your name for make a name for yourself when you lack those resources and when you don't have, you know, the actual reach that a lot of these bigger companies and bigger stars have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, I think, yeah, that came as kind of like a surprise to both of us. Did you have any thoughts on what he said? Yes, I had many thoughts on everything. And going back to the fluid work environment that you're talking about, um, I feel having a flexible schedule, it allows you to adapt to shifting priorities. And I just think that's such a valuable asset. And it's just, it'll create a, an organization and dynamic um, that I feel is super necessary today. And you're going to talk about um, how the internet is just like this pile of resources. And I agree, there's literally no dearth of opportunity and opportunity is everywhere. That's how I find my software developers. And just you get to follow these gurus like Simon Sinek. And just the internet is a beautiful place. Um, and social media, yeah. That is an interesting topic. And it's weird. It's, it's very true, too. Like small companies, they have a hard time trying to find a voice and trying to reaching uh, try to reach out to other people and i feel it's just all about experimentation and you have to try something if it doesn't work then you have to try again and as Trevor said there is no such thing as failure yeah exactly and i thought it was really interesting right because um i'm obviously like pretty into movies and entertainment and that kind of stuff as everyone probably knows at this point um and, you know, like a lot of people will say now uh, with the Internet and things like YouTube, um, like Twitch TV, even uh, SoundCloud, like a lot of these other musicians, uh, artists, filmmakers, whoever, um, who really don't have like any money can still get their voices heard, still get their um, visions created because of these these just really accessible websites and these really accessible, um, yeah, just pathways. But... Yeah, I think there is something to be said about how like how there is just like this flood of information and it's really hard to, you know, get around it. Um he says that like you have to kind of focus on your own craft first and get it seen to the right people, you know, like law of attraction pull your audience basically towards you and kind of build up that base before you really start trying to push it onto others. And yeah, with that kind of mixture of lack of authenticity um, with like pushing a product and that uh, guise of authenticity and using something like social media, um, I think is like a really clever thing that not a lot of people will immediately identify because yeah, when you kind of push yourself onto the internet, the internet does seem kind of like this grassroots thing, but when you're also pushing like an advertisement, it seems really contradictory and kind of startling to a lot of people. And yeah, I think that's like actually a way to hurt your, you know, career path or your like mission. Uh, something that not a lot of people will actually like look look out for. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to believe that, especially you know during the election time. We know that Bloomberg has been putting so many different advertisements, <laughs> and yes. they're so expensive. And especially when companies they invest in Super Bowl ads. Um, sometimes I just think. 
you know, is that worth it? Spending millions of dollars. Um, but it's definitely just, you know, keep on trying, never giving up. And yeah, it's just like a cycle of not giving up and persevering. And it's just super interesting to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, with your startup, I was wondering, um, like, how did you initially see yourself kind of getting it spread out? And has that like kind of plan changed? Has your entire plan changed at all since you've started? Uh, yes, definitely. Like, I feel um, I had so many different plans and they never worked out. And I feel you just have to learn to be adaptive to whatever, you know, circumstances are thrown at you. And yeah, it's, it's definitely an interesting process of, you know, not giving up. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, like rolling with the punches. Um, like you said, you have to adapt or you'll die. Um, yeah, and I guess now there aren't really any absolutes at all anymore, even with his like advice. You know, there are a lot of different paths you can take and just identifying like which ones you need um, and kind of going with those punches is the right way to go. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I think his like advice is really useful in those like, yeah, like first time entrepreneurs in this kind of age where you don't have a lot of resources and you can kind of like identify your focuses you don't really have to like directly invest in like marketing or in finding investors. Um, just that kind of like mindset of what to focus on, of like having an idea first, having a question first, and then moving forward. I think that's a really valuable piece of insight. Um, yeah, like you said, yeah. asking why first. Oh yes, Simon Sinek. I definitely recommend you guys watch his videos. It's just so inspirational and he's just such an optimist and he has been through all of this and his TED talks are absolutely inspirational. Well, thank you, Kenneth, for you know discussing with me on our thoughts on startups. Audience, please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts and outreach programs on our main site at www.bethestarur.org. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Kenneth John. As always, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Uh, be entrepreneurial, speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself go